What's up, Slow Drip listeners? This is your host, Zach. And Matt. And we have an exciting announcement. CisternaCoffeeCo.com is officially up and running. We are live. And everything is in stock. Uh, we've got our mugs ready to ship. Right in time for Christmas. Today's date is December the 7th. Um, so everything is ready for you to go. Um, Bolivian coffee's in stock. Thai coffee's in stock. Everything's freshly roasted. Coffee mugs, decals. Yeah. Uh, this has been a long time coming. The site is beautiful and uh, ready to go. So, wherever you're joining us on the slow drip journey, whether it's episode one or the end of the season, take a minute and go check out our new website and store and uh, pick up some coffee just in time for the holidays. Well, you got to do the last two intros. Fine. Well, yeah, because you were on vacation. <laughs> you say that with such animosity. Rock, I was pa- not on rock, vacation. paper, scissors. I knew this was coming. Rock, paper, scissors. Ready? Yeah. It starts one, two, three, shoot. Ready? Fair enough. One, two, three, shoot. Welcome back to the Slow Drip Podcast. I'm Zach. With me is my good buddy Matt. Yes, sir. And I just lost rock, paper, scissors. The other half of the Slow Drip slash Cisterna team. And um, we're reunited. Reunited. I knew I would get you to do that. So, yeah, we were, uh, <laughs> we're both back together for last week's episode and doing a recap between... Um, the, the last two notes from the field episodes that have just come out and sharing a little bit more about that. And uh, so now we're going to dive into something new. But Zach, what coffee are we trying out today? So this is Broadsheet Coffee Roasters. They are in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Hmm. Um, this is a Ugandan and it is super good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've already... You've almost finished your entire cup. Not almost. I have. You have? Okay. Yeah. We had a lot of B-roll ahead of time. And we're out. It's out. I'm sorry. We had a lot of B-roll chatting before we started the episode, and Zach's already finished his cup of coffee. Um, But he's already had some of this from previously. Yeah, so I got this from Trade. Um, So it's a natural process. Flavor notes are strawberry golden raisin and grape candy. I got it from trade twice. So the first bag came and I opened up opened up the package and I was like, man, this sounds so good. I can't wait to try it. The bag wasn't sealed. Mm-hmm. Um, I got in touch with trade and they sent me another bag. Um, but it is, I mean, it's... This is good stuff. And it's cool because Uganda is, I feel like... That was me. An up-and-coming um, country for coffee production. Uh, I feel like really in the last few years, you're starting to see more Ugandan coffees um, come to market. It's interesting. It's a natural process mm-hmm. when you consider the, the climate. Um, but I would imagine it's probably in the same kind of uh, mountain range area like, like Kenya. Yeah. Um, and I, I would say... Um, the um, 
kind of the grape candy. It's almost like there's a hint of like a grape sucker that yeah. comes through. It's pretty cool. Um, I was thinking like a, um, I know it's not candy, but grape Gatorade. Mm-hmm. Like the scent of right. grape Gatorade. And it's got, it, it's it's juicy. It's it's a full-bodied mm-hmm. and really juicy um, cup. Um, so and it's bright, and I think that's the golden raisin coming right, through. Right, right. So a, a plus. That was a yeah. It's a good one. So I'm I'm a fan. Whenever they asked me, whenever I contacted Trade, they were like, "Well, we'll just send you. Do you want us to just pick one for you?" And I was like, "No, I want to I want to try that one because mm-hmm. it's really intriguing." Um, so yeah, broadsheet, you did a great job, not in sealing your packages, but in roasting the coffee. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> well sourced. Well roasted. Um, so today, Zach, I wanted to jump in and talk about a couple of things, uh, just from a couple of recent experiences, as we've talked about in the last few episodes. I have been on the road traveling, a um, little bit of vacation time and a little bit of work on the road. Um, and this got me thinking about uh, this whole idea of mountaintop experiences. And we talked about it a little bit before we, we came on the air today. I've just before you jump into that, why don't sure. you go to how you came to the conclusion of mountaintop experiences? Well, I don't think it's like a new conclusion or, or, that I've come or the, to. the idea of the episode in general. Yeah, I mean, because so you were you just went backpacking, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you'll probably talk about all this in a minute, right? Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. then I'll shut up and I'll let you do the. Do <laughs> well, we. A few episodes ago, we were talking about um, how we first met and became friends at Indian Springs. And where you don't remember? I'm just kidding. That yeah. Um, <laughs> so I threw you off, Dennis. You did. Go no, ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. All right. No. Um, it's good. It's fine. Um, well, we we talked about it before. Of you know the the concept of like spiritual mountaintops and. Yeah. You know, Indian Springs or any any camp. I think we could all think back on church camp experiences where we had a new and real experience with the living God in a way that was like, I don't ever want this to end. But then invariably, you know, as we have been involved together now in youth ministry at Indian Springs in the summers, you know, you know, you have students that come, they have those types of experiences, and then it's like, the fall off back into the real valley, life. yeah, in real life. And um, as we were talking before coming on the air, you know, the whole, you have to go through the valley to appreciate the mountaintop, you know, or whatever other live, laugh, love cliche that you want to throw at it. But there's a, there's a truth to that. And um, as much as I don't, really think that I adhere to those types of like cliches often I caught myself in the past recent weeks really thinking back on some spiritual mountaintops Mm -hmm. uh, and some physical you know mountaintop experiences and and you're right like what brought this to mind and had kind of been rolling around in the back of my head for a while was this recent backpacking trip that I took um to Joyce Kilmer National Forest. And I've got a great group of buddies that we've all been really close friends since high school. And we've all now grown up and have families, and most of us have children. 
We all have real jobs, so to speak, and except for me, I'm kind of the <laughs> don't really have a real job. <laughs> um, but they all have very real successful jobs. And um, what's been really cool is that we've made it a point to get together every year, usually in August, to go into the backcountry, to just get away. We've done a couple of years where we did um, backcountry camping on an island in the middle of Fontana Lake. And uh, this year we went backpacking in Joyce Kilmer. And, um, man, there was this beautiful, beautiful vista that we hiked up at one point and uh, it was called Hangover Lead. And it basically was just this, like, rock escarpment, all of the, you know, mountain laurel scrub around and then like you just sit out on top of this rock and then, like I sent you a time lapse mm-hmm. that I shot of like clouds rolling in underneath you know sunrise and sunset you could sit out there and you know see both the sunrise and then or see the sunset and then the next day the sunrise and it was so beautiful that like I didn't want to leave you know um, we saw the sunset we were camping just you know 300 yards or so from this escarpment and so after sunset everyone went back to camp made dinner hung out all the stuff and then um it was just such an impactful scene for me Mm -hmm. that uh like i got up the next morning before sunrise packed up my stove my coffee like hiked back out there in the dark set it up and like I was making coffee while the sun was coming up you know and just I remember sitting out there and going you know why these other guys aren't even they're not up they're not you know they finally did get up and making their own breakfast I went running back down I'm like you're missing it this is beautiful and no one else would be bothered to get up and go and see so it ended up being this really kind of cool moment where I was just alone on this rock outcropping, clouds rolling in behind, watching, you know, the, the, the mist of the mountains, of the Great Smoky Mountains rolling over and mm-hmm. the clouds coming in and stirring with, like, the sunlight breaking through all of this. And um, it ended up being a really sweet moment for me because no one else showed up. As much as I would have loved for them to see it and experience it too. Like, I kind of got this kind of one-on-one time with God and put on some worship music and just, you know, by the end I'm like standing barefoot facing the the rising sun, just belting out worship tunes. Um, and it was just really cool, um, cool moment. So that's kind of what got me starting to think again about the mountaintop experience. Like when you, when you, realize or you live or you feel it whether emotionally spiritually or in a sense where you actually hiked up a mountain and then you get there and you're like wow this is a beautiful view and then you have to go back down right so you know thinking through all of that is kind of how this all got started when i sent the idea to idea to you a couple weeks ago Cool. Time for a break. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Just Man. 
you are just wearing me out today. That, that, you know, <clears throat> so about once a year, we like to go hiking. We kind of fell off the wagon during COVID. Um, the Grundy National Forest. Have you ever been to Grundy? Mm-hmm. Um, between Chattanooga and Nashville. Well, you a, forget that I went to school in that yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, we've so, talked about... So you've hired Fiery Gizzard then, haven't you? I was you? about to say, we've talked about Fiery Gizzard before you and I. How Have we? Yep. I completely forgot. Yeah. Anyway, well, Fiery Gizzard is one of my favorite trails. Yeah. Like, it's, it's uh, well, from, from South Georgia, it's a lot more of a problem to get to. But from where we used to live in Calhoun, it wasn't... It wasn't a bad drive, A. It's um, it's not necessarily an easy hike, but it's not exceedingly strenuous. Um, great views. Um, I mean, it's just a beautiful hike. Um, like when you were describing, when you were describing the, you know, the mist rising and everything rolling over the tops of the, the hills that kind of reminded me of that. Um, there's a thing. It's called Ravens Point uh, on that trail. I can't remember the elevation, but you're up over a creek, and um, I mean you're pretty high up over the over the tree line, and and uh, you can see the um, you could see the the mist as it followed. Or the fog as it followed mm-hmm. the actual stream, right? Which was kind of cool, um, but to be, <clears throat> you know, like we we live in well, you in Middle Georgia and you in South South. Um, we don't have mountains. <laughs> we don't have many hills, really. Right, everything's and then, relatively flat. Yeah. So, like, whenever whenever we go hiking or whenever we're outdoors and like I enjoy being outdoors, you enjoy being outdoors. And whenever we're there, like we have a greater appreciation for the scenery. We have a greater appreciation for the work that it takes to get there. And Mm -hmm. so like it's, um, I don't know. It's like a birthday cake is great on your birthday. Like any other time it's just cake. But like, you know, like mm-hmm. you can you can go out and I, I could go outside anytime I want. I go out and sit on my front porch or, you know, lounge around on the back patio. Or sometimes I'll take a chair and just sit under the pecan tree outside. But it's um like you have a comparatively you have a greater appreciation for that because it takes more work to get there. It's more beautiful it's not something that you get to experience every day now if we live there would we appreciate it as much hmm. maybe not i don't know right i mean if you compare that to the national forest we were in in turkey or right going to the grand canyon or seeing the rockies uh, i mean that would be drastically different but because we well i think i think you got to be careful about limiting your appreciation just to like experience right so it's like 
would we value this if we lived there? Maybe not, but you would have the ability to appreciate it every day, you know? I mean, yeah, you have the ability to. I have the ability. I mean, I appreciate being able to go outside and sit by, and sit in the sh- under the shade tree. Right. Um, but ultimately, it doesn't compare to hiking a six-mile trail and right. getting to see that right. you know, beautiful fog as it rolls off the creek. I mean, it just, it's not the same. Like, I, I do appreciate it. I enjoy it, mm-hmm. but I don't appreciate it as much as the other because walking 30 yards to my shade tree is a little different, you know? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> if we live there, I don't think we would appreciate it. It's like, um, well, before we started talking, I was like, what makes good music? Good music. Right. Bad music. Mm-hmm. If you never had anything to compare it to, would you appreciate good music for what it is? No. It would just be music. Right. There's no grading scale. It's just music straightforward through and through. Beginning to end, it's just music, level playing field all the way around. But you can't compare. I mean, having the ability to compare is what gives you good music. Mm-hmm. And then when you talk about like climbing a mountain to get to some beautiful vista you also know what's gone into it. it you know, absolutely. Like what, what the cost was and, and all of that. And I think that's kind of... The concept isn't a new concept of, oh, a mountaintop experience. Like That's not a new concept, right? That's not... We're not breaking any new ground in mm-hmm. that. And, and it's a term, like particularly I can talk about like ministry and youth ministry. Like it's a a very recognizable spiritual term, feeling, whatever. Um, but, you know, when it, it, it takes, you know, it takes the, the, the work and the energy to get there. Um, kind of lost my train of thought for a second. Good. Um, but, you know, with all of those things, the um gone gone absolutely <laughs> i was trying to follow it's gone unbelievable so you're talking about getting to ha- having the journey up the hill or having the journey up the mountain well i think i was when we were talking about this before beginning mm-hmm. to record and you were talking about you know, hey, are you in a, a mountain or a valley moment? And, you know, I'm like, well, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of on a mountain right now in some ways, or I'm climbing one, I can see where we're going. Um, but you've been through the valleys to appreciate what's coming. And that's kind of just big picture, all of life, right? Mm-hmm. And we're trying to, we're trying to thread together a metaphorical mountaintop and the real experience of being on the mountaintop and how the one kind of reminded me of the other. Um, so maybe it's helpful to kind of talk through all of those experiences that, that kind of came to where we are sitting down to talk about it right now. Um, because Indian Springs for both of us is one of those. And this past year in particular was an incredible year, I think, for, for both of us in a, a spiritual sense. 
of being able to serve and work together and be involved in ministry together. Um, and that's also kind of one of those things that, you know, Iris and I look at our involvement at Indian Springs as one of the best examples of how we get to be involved in working in ministry together side by side. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, she's as much or more important part of the beehive side of things because she keeps the home and she's able to send me out and I can go and I can do the things and and that's what most people hear about Um, but she's more important in allowing me and providing the the ability to go and do that in some senses Um, but this is an opportunity for she and I to work side by side side by side in ministry and so it's always a kind of a pinnacle moment of our year it's more of an active role than a supportive role right yeah so and that's a and that's a good way to think about it too like the like the time that we get to work together like that every year is like a pinnacle moment of mm-hmm. our our year in timeline um my recent trip to wilmore like i was absent and uh we weren't together for a couple of weeks because I was on the road and I, part of it was in Wilmore at Asbury and, and working um, a couple of different things, working on some stuff for Beehive, but also working on some stuff with Cisterna and, you know, some of our new or potential partnerships and, and friends and friends in coffee and getting to sit down and record another episode of uh, the Drinklings podcast with Randy and some of that stuff. And I think that's where the whole idea of the mountaintop kind of came back into my mind again because it was, man, it was so good to be there and in that community mm-hmm. in a way that it was like, this is kind of one of those pinnacle moments for me in this season, not because of Wilmore or Asbury or just, you know, intrinsically what it is, but to get to see, you know, friends and colleagues from Indian Springs and friends and colleagues that, you know, are on the same kind of missional journey, have the same missional heart. Um, some of the other things that you and I have talked about kind of off air of uh, meetings that I had while I was there. And also, you know, the, the coffee side of things. Someone like Randy, who is every bit as business as mission minded as we are in the way that he's running drinklings and you know his podcast the drinklings podcast and you know we we sat down and we recorded an episode for that podcast that was a really cool kind of talking kind of consumer side of things of you know making choices to do more direct trade versus brokerage coffee and how do we you know, as coffee purveyors encourage others to to think about the full story that mm-hmm. goes into a cup of coffee, the way that you and I have done with the, the cultivation series on the slow drip and helping coffee consumers understand what the cost is behind a cup of coffee. So all of that wrapped up together in the four days that I was there, five days that I was there, like I came away from that time and it was work. Like I was working the whole time I was gone, but I came away feeling so rejuvenated and so like, man, that was awesome. You know, do I want to stay there? Kind of, but I know that I can't, 
you know, and, and there were parts of it too, where it was just refreshing to be able to like sit on the porch at drinklings and work and just hear two or three other like theological conversations going on from other individuals around me, you know, just because of the Asbury universities there, Asbury seminaries there, they're just people meeting and hanging out and just talking about Jesus and life. And it was like, and I kind of miss that, you know. It reminded me of my, you know, times at Indian Springs where faith, it's not that faith is worn on our sleeve, but it's lived out in a, a different way mm-hmm. than perhaps the day-to-day. And, and so that's what I came away from that whole trip really appreciating. You think we get bogged down in the, the everyday doings? And we kind of lose sight of, because how much are we spacing out our mountaintops? Mm-hmm. Like our, ourselves, like how much, how much influence do we have on our hike? I guess you could say. Our journey to the pinnacle? Yeah. Like between... Like if um, if we're hiking in a valley, into a valley or out of a valley, we'll say out of. If we're hiking out of a valley, how often are we stopping to take breaks and how much do we get bogged down in everyday life mm-hmm. and the doing where we're missing getting to the pinnacle? Right. And I would even venture to say how many times do we just take a passing glance at the pinnacle and then move right along. Right. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, like you were just talking about, it's refreshing to hear this, um, th- these people talking about Jesus and life and, and community, having community together and, like, they're enjoying it and you're like, man, I've, I've kind of missed that. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, it was, it was incredible absolutely incredibly refreshing um but like like we were talking about with just like an actual like hiking up to a mountain Mm -hmm. and then finding that and and appreciating it right like there was a greater appreciation for that because i don't have that every day and then coming down the other side to follow the metaphor like Mm -hmm. looking back i was like there's a there's a a deep gratitude and appreciation for just the time that I got to to spend kind of in that um because it's not every day um I think a couple of things with that when you talk about like those pinnacles or or those callings like you know scripturally we have throughout scripture the kind of the the interplay of mountaintops and valleys as well. So this is like I said, this isn't a new kind of metaphor we're talking about, um, and having greater appreciation for those experiences because we return to valleys, and and I think that there are times that, like you said, you just miss it. You know, and you said that it reminded me of my buddies that were they were tired. Like it was a hard hike. Mm-hmm. They came, they looked 
and they said, and what sucks is they reached the pinnacle. Right. They were there. And they, they, they saw just it. didn't take the time to, and they were like, this is cool. Appreciate it. And then, yeah. And so I think there are times in life that we, we get so bogged down in the everyday minutia that even when we hit a pinnacle moment, we miss it for its true value or true beauty. Um, because we're just tired. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just a society of tired people. I'll tell you what we don't miss, though. We don't miss when we're in the back. I mean, like, we don't, not that we don't miss it, as in, like... We yearn for it. I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like we're we're missing it. Like, I, I miss you the way the desert misses the rain. It's like we take every moment we can to highlight how bad off we are in the valley. In the valley. Yeah. Exactly. We, we focus on those hardships instead of like, we do not miss the ability to focus on the valley. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, and so I just, as I, I thought through it, I'm like, man, I kind of want to change my perspective in that a little bit. And you know, think, was it, is Second Corinthians, but I can't remember what chapter. It's one of the first, I don't know, maybe one or two. I don't remember, but it, actually it may have been chapter one, um, where Paul is talking about some of the persecution and stuff that, um, matter of fact, I mean, I've got my iPad right here. i just pull it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would look it up, but I don't know which passage you're looking at. While you're, you're digging it up, I just... They, as I thought through this, you know, as we kind of go into the, the scriptural side of examples, um, you know, there are the moments that, like, Christ calls his disciples to mountaintops. Um, there are moments where God calls his people to mountaintops. Hmm. Um, like, when he hands down the Ten Commandments to Moses, and that's, like, such a moment of being in the nearness of the Spirit of God that when Moses comes down, you know, his face is shining. Um, and so there's all of those old Testament and new Testament examples of going up to the mountaintop. And I was thinking about that in the sense of like, there are times when missionally or in life we're called to a mountaintop. Like we're, we're kind of given the charge of, Hey, go take the hill, climb the mountain, Um, you're going to have to work for it, but it's going to be worth it in the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there are other times in scripture and in life that we're allowed to experience that vista, that pinnacle moment that was unexpected. And, you know, being, being in Wilmore in the middle of a very, very hectic and full and busy work schedule to come out the other side and be like, I can't express how life-giving that was. It would like it. It astonished even me, um, because right after I got back, like I I drove home Monday, a week ago, and then was home less than twenty-four hours to turn back around and go down to the beach to be with my family. And as I sat and thought about it after the fact, I'll tell you the the fact that even that work trip was so rejuvi- rejuvenating or was more rejuvenating and, and was more unexpected. Like I went into the next season 
And I told you on the phone, I remember, like, I was like, I feel like I can actually Sabbath mm-hmm. for yeah. a few days. And I told you, I was like, I, I want you to find a place where you can do that. I'm looking for it. Matt. Because <laughs> I know I'm trying to help you get there, but like, <laughs> like I just, it would like, it's almost like I can't describe, Yeah. but there was so much life giving experience in, in that short time in Wilmore and in Lexington and the church that I got to visit there too. And a couple of other things, but like I came out the other side, so refreshed, even though it was such a busy work schedule that on the other side, I was like, I can truly Sabbath for a few days and put down work and enjoy my family, celebrate my father, you know, and so that was cool because it wasn't like I'm going back to the the humdrum slog of the valley, but it was because of the this mountaintop uh, experience. So you got what you were in. Yeah, I found it. So it is chapter one. Um, verse eight talks about. Um, so th- this is Second uh, Corinthians chapter one, eight. Um, Well, just eight. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction that we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. So, I mean, no, he doesn't ex- exclusively say what they went through or what he mm-hmm. was going through. Um, but it was bad enough that they wanted to die. Right. Um, and. So like we actually talked about this because in our Bible study, we're going through second Corinthians. This is what reminded me of it. <clears throat> so the, what God shows us through Paul in the first chapter is in the midst of our suffering, mm-hmm. we pray and, and we're really good at it, especially us living in the Bible belt. Like we, we have the ability to easily, compartmentalize our Christian walk. Mm -hmm. And when we're going through the valley, we have a tendency to cling to God. So, because a lot of times that's our only, Mm -hmm. like that's, that's our only option. Right. Like we, we screw stuff up so bad or whether it be our, through our own work or whatever, we mess up and we end up in the valley because of, uh, circumstances that we do or do not have control of, like that's where we are, but we don't have control anymore. The only time, a lot of times, that we cling to God is in the valley. Mm-hmm. And so when we reach the pinnacle, whenever we are on, we don't appreciate it because we have put God back in his little box and right. stuck him back on the shelf and said, I'll come back to you when I need you again. Mm-hmm. Instead of having that full appreciation of, hey, thank you for, thank you for bringing me through this, you know, and carrying me when it seemed darkest. That's right. Um, to get to this point, and then to have the appreciation to, um, to come out the other side. That reminds me just briefly, and it came up in. Uh, an episode, the first Notes from the Field episode that was three weeks ago now. Uh, and I, I mentioned it at the very end of that episode. And um, 
just in what you're just saying, it, it reminded me again. Uh, there's an Aymara proverb from an Aymara being one of the, the first peoples in Bolivia. Mm-hmm. And the proverb is that we must walk in the present with our eyes on the past and our backs to the future. And uh, I love that, love that perspective so much. And just in what you're talking about, like the moments where God brings us through a valley and sometimes he does it intentionally to redirect our focus on him. But we so often forget when we get to the pinnacle that he's the only way that we've gotten this far. And like you said, we compartmentalize him back into the box. Mm-hmm. And then we go, man, look, look at this beautiful mountaintop that I, I that just I got to. I got to, exactly. And it was like, that reminds me as well of when we were driving back from Miami, right, with the Bolivian coffee. I can't tell you how many times I've almost said, when we were driving back from Bolivia, and I'm like, no, 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 we're driving back from Miami <laughs> with, the with the Bolivian coffee. And it was, the, it was like... 2 a.m. We're coming into Macon. We had unloaded it and everything, and we were doing the there and back again, back again Mm -hmm. podcast from the road. And I said then, like, I'm very hesitant to say, look what we've just pulled off. Mm -hmm. Because, Mm -hmm. like, I know, like, and, and you, from the, the notes from the field episode, like 15 months of groundwork going in. And like I said, a poor craftsman with a blunt tool, like I, I, this was not anything that I did or we did. We just happened to be stubborn enough to stick it out through to see what God was doing. And so that's what I love about that. I'm in proverb of like this whole idea of we don't forget the past. We live in the present and we walk backwards into the future so that we can always keep our mind and our eye on God's providence and what he did in the past. You know, mm-hmm. if, I, if I can focus on that. Because like, it's, it's not our sight that's going right. to take us into the future. Right. And so if I focus on that, like I can be led backwards up a mountain mm-hmm. and then turn around and go, whoa, you like... A, you got me here. B, what a beautiful vista. Mm -hmm. And then this is where it gets tough because what happens next is... Now we got to go back down. Well, I think the the knee-jerk reaction because we're people of comfort and we love, you know, we love good things. It's like, how do I stay here, right? Mm -hmm. So this kind of brings you full circle to kind of that tension moment with helping students in, in youth ministry of like, you want to stay on a mountaintop and you feel discouraged when you spiritually are not on a mountaintop. Well, God let you experience that. He led you up there to remind you if you can keep an eye on, and this is where, again, if we can keep our eyes on the past and what God's done for us in the past, I think we move more confidently into the future, right? So instead of it being like, how do I white knuckle my way to stay on this mountaintop? How do I move back into the next valley backwards, looking up and remembering you know, where, I'm, where I came from and where he led me to? I can go into the next valley season much easier if I remember 
what he did to get me to bring me to the top. to the top of the mountain first. Um, pragmatically and practically, we can't stay on mountaintops. You know, there's no food, water, or shelter if you go down to like a base level, right? I could have stayed at Hangover Lead and watched the sunrise and the sunset for maybe one more day, but there's no water up there. So eventually I have to legitimately, practically come down, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't get to stay in those places, whether it's a metaphorical or a physical, right? Like you've told me recently, I would love to do Everest one day. big picture dream, whatever. Well, you don't get to stay there. No. Because you die. Yes. So, um, in the most extreme example there I can think of. There are more dead people on Everest right now than there are alive people. <laughs> That's exactly right. And they're all perfectly preserved. Yes, they are. So, um, so that was kind of something I wanted to just highlight of like, hey, we're allowed to have these moments and these experiences, but we can't stay in them. We can look back and we can use it to remind well, us of God's providence as yeah. we move into. Well, and knowing that the comfort that God provides is sufficient, mm-hmm. no matter the circumstance that we're in. Right. What, what I was saying earlier about how we cling to God when we're going through a valley, like that's not a bad thing. Right. We should. Absolutely. We're called to. The problem is, is when we are like, whew, glad I made it through that. Right. That's, that's the issue. It's, uh, I, I, I am glad that we make it through valleys, but it's so easy to say I made it out. Mm-hmm. And, and then like, we don't have the foresight to make it through or to, to see the, the next one coming. Exactly. And then whenever we get there, we're like, oh, God, please help me, please. And then he's like, carries us through. Right. And then we're like, whew, I made it through another one. And if you think about it, like how much easier would it be in our lives if we talk metaphorically or not? Well, we'll have to talk metaphorically because we're talking about being led backwards. I don't think I'm ever going to climb an actual mountain backwards. That would be uh, ridiculous. It'd be tough. Um, but you think about it like as we go through life and that kind of metaphorical, like it's hard to get to the mountain tops. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been talking off air about the traction that we're seeing with the things that you and I've been working together on for the past year, right? And a lot of blood, sweat, and tears has gone into just to this moment. Yeah. Right? Well, if we're willing to be led backwards into that, how much easier is that to, to keep moving forward? Because we're focusing on what God's done providentially in the past. Well, where then, it's like if we, you turn it the other way, let me just finish for a second. You turn it the other way. Fifteen months ago, I'm mm-hmm. sitting in I'm sitting in Bolivia with Hutch and we're recording an episode that just aired. Had you told me then Here's what it's going to take. Here's the time it's going to take. Here's the here's the amount of times that the shipment will be delayed. <laughs> here's the amount of times that it's not going to go the way you think it is. And here's how much more it's going to cost you than you actually you think. Have done it. Exactly. You wouldn't have done it. So to get to those pinnacle moments, there's a high cost. 
And I think if we can allow God to lead us backwards, well, he's, he's with us and he's providing what we need every step of the way if we allow him. And it, I feel like you can, you can move in that space so much more confidently than if you look and you're like, that's an insurmountable mountain. I can't do that. You know, like, of course you can on your own, whatever it is, whatever it, whatever it's hardship or pain, loss, hurt, um, whatever. If you look at it and you're like, I just, I can't do it. Well, you weren't intended to do it alone, right? That's exactly right. So, um, yeah, I just think that's such a, a cool and a beautiful thing to think through. And we, we do forget it so often. Um, I think the other thing that I've been musing over and thinking about in these kind of pinnacle moments versus the valleys of life is that we never look the same when we come back down, you know? Yeah. Um, We've got some new insights. We've got right scrapes coming out of the valley. We've got scars and, but we also have some incredible experiences and some things that we've been able to see that like even like if you go back to like an actual mountaintop mm-hmm. that you hiked up, well, you may ask like, well, what do you have coming out the other side of that that's different? Well, I experienced a sunrise that no man on earth has ever experienced or will ever experience again, right? Like just even that in and of itself intrinsically the intrinsic beauty of God's creation in that moment and how much more so in these like pinnacles of life that when we, we come back down from a, from that into a valley, we look different. I mentioned Moses going up to get the 10 commandments and he spent time so close into God's presence that his face shone when he came down Mm -hmm. You know, and the Hebrews were like, Hey, hide your face. We can't handle that. Right. Um, another great example I think of is from Mark three, you know, in Mark three, Jesus calls all of his followers up and he names the 12 disciples and they're enumerated out. And then they go back down, I think to Capernaum from that mountaintop experience. And there's all these crowds of people that want to get close to Jesus again, so much so that the houses are congested and it says in, in Mark three, verse 20, like his family, Jesus's family was trying to go get him because he was, he was beginning his ministry and they were worried about how he would be perceived. And if people thought he was talking like a madman and they were like, let's just kind of move you out of the spotlight for a minute, you know, like all of this crowd of people we can't control. And it's like, even that, like, of course he's the son of God, but even that kind of, mountaintop pinnacle naming the disciples and coming down the other side like he, he looked different the disciples looked different like mm-hmm. they were perceived differently and and so I think we need to be open to that as well and not a um oh man I'm back down in a valley ho-hum what's next right but okay had this pinnacle moment I'm back into the valley of life, but I can be changed. You know, I'm all of these experiences change who I am in a positive way if I allow them. 
to move forward into the next thing. So that's kind of what I've been thinking about lately. It's a good thing to be thinking about. Mm-hmm. I think so. Until the next mountaintop or valley. Absolutely. You got anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Any the thought that I had, you actually... Did I take it? You completed it for me. So. I'm sorry. It's okay. Okay. We do make a really good team. No, we don't. You're right. <laughs> this will be the last episode. What if that's how it is? No. It's and and r- roll the... <laughs> no. Um, it does feel like it's about time for a break. I thought it was really good. Um, what do we need to highlight? If you are a regular listener and you're enjoying the slow drip, A, we're really glad you're here. Thank you for being a regular listener. Um, If you have yet to leave us a rating in iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your... Or Amazon or Google or... Wherever you get your podcasts, uh, we would really appreciate it if you would give us a rating. Uh, Write a review. Um, If, If you don't, we hope you go through a valley soon. Wow. Wow. Maybe not that, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, we the reality is, is we can talk about how great we think this podcast is all day long, but it's really when other people share and um, rate or review it that helps us. The best part of this podcast is hearing people's feedback. Yes. And it's people that I don't talk to every day or just... I. I mean, we have, I have people that text me, I mean, obviously, and you do too, cause you send mm-hmm. me screenshots, but like have people texting me and saying, dude, I'm loving the podcast or I love that last episode. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so, it's kind of a pat on the back saying you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. It's a, it's a good reminder of, it can feel like a valley sometimes, but then we get something like that and it's like, okay, cool. Past couple of times we got together felt like a valley, but I think we're, uh, we're back at it. Yeah. So. So if you have not left a review, go leave a review. Please. I will give you an Indian burn if you do not leave a review. Yeah. Okay. And also, if you want to get in touch with us, there are several different ways to do that. Yep. You can text us. You can go to the slowdrippodcast.com and um, drop us a line on the contact page. Uh couple of different ways that you can do that. So you can text us. Hey, you can text us directly if you want. That's, um, the phone numbers on our contact page on the slowjetpodcast.com. I don't have it memorized. That's one number I don't have memorized. I was going to say rain man. Come on now. I have every number mm-hmm. on the globe memorized except for that one. So, but it'll be listed in the show notes. You can text us directly or there'll be a link in the show notes to contact us as well. Um, Indeed. But we're, we're really glad that you joined us today. Um, and until the next mountain or valley, we'll see you later. Time for a break. Let's do it. That's a good one, Loose. I felt like so.